hope is like the Bible says, it's always hope against hope. You know, there's genius in that phrase, hope against hope. Because I, I do think, on the one hand, hope entails a realistic assessment of what we're dealing with. And it's tough. That's right. You know, you, Thank you, you gotta, for saying that. It is. It's you got to face right. what we got. This is what we got. I, I don't like it. I didn't like it. But doggone it, I'm not going to give up hope in spite of it. Hey, everybody. <laughs> Jen Hatmaker here, your host of the For the Love podcast. Welcome to the show. I sound like I'm crying because I have been. I just finished today's episode and then came back in to record the intro, but I just can't get a hold of myself. So those of you who go watch this on YouTube, I think I cried the whole time. So we're wrapping up a series called For the Love of Comfort and Joy. And we just wanted to bring some connection and nurture and hope to the end of this year, to the holiday season, because, you know, y'all 2021, I mean, she's at the end of a rope, man, what a year, you know, of like growth and change and somehow still progress and joy and life. Like we got to live this year and so much of it was beautiful, but so much of it was so hard too. And we are still trudging through this pandemic that seems never ending at this point. And we've lost loved ones and we've lost dreams. And for me, when everything just like too much this year, right? Just like too much, like just at, at capacity. But here's the thing about us, about you. We made it, right? Here we are. We made it. We made it through everything that was hard and sad. We got to experience some joy and some fun. We did that. I wanted to bring you someone today that I have looked up to for years. You have too. Really, everyone has because his work has inspired millions of people across not just our country, but around the globe. And we are just so lucky to have him because we wanted to do a bit addiction episode where we brought in somebody who would pastor us. Now, you know, I'm crying. We needed a pastor's pastor, someone full of hope and love. And so y'all we're so lucky because I got to welcome back today. Really the one and only like the best Bishop Michael Curry. I mean, you know him, you loved him in our faith icon series. Please go back and listen to it. If you haven't already, Bishop Curry is the presiding Bishop of the whole Episcopal church and is leading everyone with just grace and empathy and compassion and joy and strength. We're just so lucky to have him right now. Not only is Bishop Curry an incredible voice in the faith community, but he's an author. His most recent book, which he and I talked about last time, is called Love is the Way, Holding on to Hope in Troubling Times. It came out in 2020, and it is prophetic and strong and still tender. I don't know. He manages to strike all the balances. I don't really know how. And he goes there. It's not avoidance. It's not, I mean, he includes it all politics and race and LGBTQ issues. It's just, he broaches these topics and these difficult spaces because he loves God and he loves people. He's so inspiring. And well, if this intro is any indicator to what you're about to hear, he pastors us for the next 45 minutes. He leads us well. I clearly did not handle it well. I am all over the place, but at the very end, he prays 
with us and for us in a benediction as we say goodbye to 2021 and hello to 2022. I love him so much. We're lucky. I told him at the end of this episode that he was going to make an Episcopalian out of me yet. (laughs) Uh, I'm happy you're here. I hope you feel cared for today and pastored and led well, because we are under the guidance of one of the greats. So please welcome back the incomparable Bishop Michael Curry. I was just telling you how happy and delighted I truly am, Bishop Curry, to have you back on the show. You are one of my favorite people, one of my favorite voices in the world. I feel so lucky to get to share Planet Space with you right now. And so thank you for coming back to our little community and giving us kind of the gift of your presence. Oh, Jen, thank you. You you lift me up. You do, you always do. And you are a blessing to us all. Thank you. Yeah. So it's a gift to have you here today because always, but particularly this last year and a half or so is we've just sort of collectively suffered and the world has kind of shocked us all. And your voice has been a real comfort in these time that just feels like it's off the rails. So what we were hoping to do with this episode is to pass some of your peace and your wisdom on to our community as maybe, I mean, listen, I was born glass half full, so I can't help but say this, maybe even as we look cautiously optimistic uh, yeah, toward, yeah. A, toward a new year. I can't I know help what it. you mean. I am who yeah. I am. Yeah. So I wonder if we can start here first, because you're very beloved, of course, to all of us. Would you mind talking just for a moment about what 2021 has been like you, for you? The good, the hard, the growth, the learning. I would just kind of love to hear what this year has been like in your personal story, if you don't mind. Yeah, no, not at all. You know, Jen, it's been like everybody else's in some respects. Yeah, that's right. I mean, it really has been. And it's it's been, you know, it has been a year of kind of, when I say ups and downs, of kind of hope and then dashed hope. And I'm talking in terms of the pandemic. I mean, you know, yeah. we were kind of hope the vaccines were on the horizon. I know. And, and I, I know. remember thinking, wow, they got a vaccine this quickly. Me too. You know, and that was, and that was hopeful. And that we, you know, we were, we were seeing light, not just at the end of the tunnel, but actually seeing a little bit of light in the midst of it. <sighs> I and thought then we the were Del- there. Yeah. And then the Delta variant happened. Yep. And once we all learned, or once I understood what they were talking about, because at first I didn't know what they were talking about. Me too. I, <laughs> I said, oh, man. I mean, example, we had planned to have our House of Bishops gather in, in St. Louis. This was back in the spring when things looked like they would be up and looked like that would be a safe, possi- a reasonable, safe possibility. And finally, I had to decide, no, this is not the time to gather 150 bishops in a, you know, where you're going to be in a hotel. I mean, just no way. It just is too risky. That's kind of a parable of the year. It's been moments of hope and then hope getting dashed. And then, like you say, I love that cautiously optimistic. I um, mean, 
Yeah. What else are we going to do? Right. What else are we like, going to do? We are either a people of hope or we are not. Yeah. You know, we, really are. we don't get to seize onto that possibility just when things are going well or what good is it? That's not even real hope. That's not even real faith. That's just like living in abundance. Hope is right. Like the Bible so, says it's always hope against hope. You know, there's genius in that phrase, hope against hope. Cause I, I do think on the one hand, Hope entails a realistic assessment of what we're dealing with. And it's tough. That's right. You know, you, Thank you, you gotta, for saying that. It is. It's you got to face right. what we got. This is what we got. I, I don't like it. I didn't like it. But doggone it, yeah. I'm not going to give up hope in spite of it. That's the thing. I'm going to face the reality I got in front of me. I'm going to confront it. And hopefully I don't have to do it by myself. Get get some community. I mean, I love that parable. Or not parable. It's the story of Jesus and the four guys, you know, who are bringing the paralyzed guy to get him to Jesus so Jesus can heal him. And the amazing thing is, you know, Jesus heals the guy. You know, there's a whole conversation about whose sins are forgiven, all that kind of stuff. And But Jesus heals the guy. But the Bible says he was amazed at their faith. The four guys who brought the one who couldn't walk, who couldn't get to Jesus. Jesus was amazed at their faith. So we need each other. So hopefully you don't have yes, to do. walk that lonesome valley like Jesus did by yourself. But you got to you face it. You know, it stinks. It's lousy. You know, one of the wonderful things about the Psalms is they like, I mean, it's, it's, they, I don't want to say they curse, but they just fuss. And, it's close. It's, it's, it's pretty close. close. Yeah, it's pretty close. They fuss <laughs> and fume. And yet then they say, and yet you are the one enthroned upon the, the chariots of Israel. You know what I mean? They, they, it's, it's all that stuff. So you got to, you know, you just got to say, this is terrible. This is horrible. Yeah. And you, you weep, you cry, and yet at the same time you say, but I will not give up. I will not quit. I believe in this Jesus. I don't, I remember, well, this was years ago now, when my father had, a, had had a stroke and he was, after one of his surgeries, we were, I was in the room with him. I guess I was the only one at that point. And I remember just thinking, I don't know what I was thinking. You know how your mind, you just kind of, you're just there. And your mind is just, and all of a sudden, I found myself just reciting the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, was conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was raised from the dead. On the third day, he rose from the dead, according to the scriptures. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, forgiveness of sin. I found myself just saying it. And you know what? That's hope against hope. Yeah, it is. We didn't know whether yeah, it was going to pull through or not. That's hope against hope. This is what we got. Daddy's there. He's had a massive stroke. They've operated. We don't know. The doctors can't say. And I hope. I'm going to hope anyway. And if he doesn't make it, I'm going to keep on hoping anyway. You know, there's something. I can't remember her name now. I forgot her name off the top. But she, the famous quote of hers was, she was talking about death. And she said, the only thing that I will do for death is die. <laughs> It gets nothing more, <laughs> you know, so great. and that's, you know, and so that's what this year has been like. It has been tough. And yet we've had moments where we've seen hope, moments of hope. And, you know, like, I love the way you said it. <sighs> Cautiously hopeful. That's sensible. That's sensible because we're still here. We're still here. And we got a lot of problems. And some of it's pandemic and some of it's caused by the pan or occasioned in the pandemic. This has been a hard time. Folk have died. I mean, we've all had people in our families and friends and people we know 
who've died. And in the early days, they were terrible deaths. This has been hard on families. This has been hard on, this has been, it has been a nightmare. Sure has, hasn't it? You know, but, but there is a God and I'm not quitting. I'm not giving up until God does and God ain't quitting. One thing I love about what you just said is that I know for me too, one thing that I learned this year is that all the time we have ever spent making those like holy spiritual deposits into our hearts, into our minds, into our souls, those holy words, the scriptures, the creeds. Yeah. They rise up when we need them. They show up when we need them. Like, yeah, maybe it just feels like we're planting seeds in what's already a well-watered garden, but Hmm. when it gets dry, like when it is desert, when we are in a drought, those seeds bloom and those words, those truths, they can be counted on. Yes. And it just almost feels like a miracle every time it happens, like right into the middle of a dark night of the soul, all those spiritual deposits, there they are. There there they are. They bubble up. Doing what they do. They bubble up and they, they hold us. They hold us fast. What a gift to hear from Bishop Curry today. We are talking about a collective year of ups and downs and highs and lows and some dashed hopes, of course, but also how important and beautiful for us to remember to still have hope against hope. But still, it can be really difficult to navigate hard times. And this is where the practice of therapy can really come in and be a partner for you. And I always like to remind my community that therapy is a click away with better help. BetterHelp is such a useful resource for professional counseling because it offers an effortless and accessible entry point. You don't even have to leave your house. It's all online. So your therapist literally meets you on your own couch. Their licensed therapists have a super broad range of expertise categories, some of which are hyper-specialized for those really specific areas that might feel burdened. But as a wide swath, BetterHelp can offer support for trauma, mental health, depression, body image, anxiety, anger. I mean, literally you name it. And because it's all online, BetterHelp is able to offer not only convenient and accessible options, but also affordable ones. You can even start communicating with a BetterHelp therapist in under 24 hours. As one of my listeners, you'll get 10% off your first month of BetterHelp by visiting our sponsor at betterhelp.com slash for the love. You can join more than a million people who have also taken charge of their mental health. So again, that's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash for the love. Let's take a pause in our deep feelings here and talk about something overwhelmingly practical. It involves technology. So you know full well that my people have helped me in this category. And here's what it is. Encrypting internet connection for better security. Because if you're like me, you've thought about this exactly zero times. But here's why I learned this is really important for all of us. Your internet service provider can see every site you've ever visited, even if you use incognito mode, and even if you clear your history. So the solution to this is something called ExpressVPN. ExpressVPN is a super easy to use app, and it reroutes and encrypts your internet connection through their secure servers, which means your internet provider can't see the sites you visit. So whether you're doing like holiday shopping from your office, or you're logging in while on vacation, or you're just connecting like at a cafe or whatever, ExpressVPN protects 100% of your data. 
Their encryption is best in class and there's no lag time. I use it on every single one of my devices, phone, laptop, iPad, all. It's even available for your routers. So your whole family can be protected under one subscription because going online doesn't have to mean being exposed. So go to expressvpn.com slash for the love, and you can get an extra three months free on a one-year package. So that's expressvpn.com slash for the love, expressvpn.com slash for the love. Bishop Curry, one of the things that you say that I love, and you and I talked about this last time you were on the show a little bit, but you've said, and this is truly genuinely my spiritual North star. So I think this is why I'm so drawn to this, but you, you say, if it's not about love, it's not about God. It's kind of just, that's it. Like this isn't fancy. This isn't complicated. This isn't even up for debate really. And so can you Can you talk about that a little bit? And then particularly I'm thinking about the people who are listening today who feel isolated or they feel rejected or they have not sensed any capacity of love from God's people, maybe from his church, from this world. So how would you speak to us knowing that if it's not about love, then it's not about God? I mean, that that conviction from, I mean, biblically, and I say something personally, but biblically, that that conviction, I mean, it comes out for me, you know, the conversation Jesus had with the lawyer in Matthew 22, where, you know, the lawyer says, what's the greatest law in, in all of Moses' teachings in the Torah? And, you know, Jesus goes back to Deuteronomy and Leviticus, and you shall love the Lord your God and your neighbor as yourself. And then Jesus adds, on these two hang all the law and the prophets, which I just think is a stunning, I mean, on these, love of God and love of neighbor. And actually, it's you shall love your neighbor as yourself. <laughs> so it, it's really almost a trinity of love. Love God, love your neighbor, love yourself. And he says, on these hang all the law and the prophets. In everything God was trying to say through the law and the prophets through the Hebrew scriptures and Hebrew tradition and experience, and now by extension through the Christian New Testament. Everything God's been trying to say is, here it is, folk, this is it. Love God, love your neighbor, and while you're at it, love yourself. Because God loves you, and how dare you not love what God loves? You know, and so you put all that together. That's the key. That's the heart of God. That's the heart and soul, if you will, of God. You know, in 1 John chapter 4 kind of says it explicitly. Beloved, let us love one another because love is of God and those who love know God. Those who do not love do not know God. Why? Because God is love. Check that out. Those who do not love do not know God. Why? Because God is love. Exclamation point. Period. That's it. If it's not about love, I don't care how religious it sounds. I don't care how many passages in the Bible it quotes. If it is not about love that lifts folk up and liberates and sets us free to be what God intends us to be, if it's not about that, it's not about God. That is just as clear. And that's not Michael Curry. That's Jesus of Nazareth. (laughs) So don't get mad at me. Get mad at him. Take it up with Jesus. (laughs) Take it out with Jesus. I used to tell folks that in the congregation all the time in the parish when I was preaching. Don't get mad at me. Get mad with Jesus. You <laughs> Just won't the be messenger. the first. That's right. That's right. 
And so if you think about that, then you begin to realize that my faith is about learning to trust the God who loves me and loves this world. God so loved the world. Not, you know, like that that song, he's got the whole world in his hands. And there's that one verse that says he got the itty bitty baby in his hands. That God so loved the world. The Greek word there is cosmos. That means everything. God so loved the world. That faith is living in the love of God. Now, I got to figure out how to find and experience that. And sometimes prayer and meditation and just sitting with the word and, and you know, just, 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 just dwell, as they say, dwelling in the word. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, as it says in the New Testament. Just sit, sometimes, sometimes I get it from there. And sometimes I get it from other people. Sometimes it's from, from you. And sometimes you get it from me and somebody else. You know what I mean? It, we need, it, I mean, we're not by nature hermits. <laughs> you know, we are our biggest headaches of each other, but we're also the biggest healers of each other too. <laughs> you know, it's both and. It sure is. That's one of the things this year has reminded me. It's rarely either or, clearly. Life is lived with a lot of both ands. It's rarely black or white. Life is lived, and folk can't see me, but I got a head full of gray hair. Uh, and, all, and when I started Christian ministry, I didn't have a shred of gray hair on my head. <laughs> right? And now at Listen. 68 years old, it's all gray. <laughs> Bishop, I'm 47, and if I didn't go to the salon every six weeks, I'd have gray hair too. I'm but I'm not, not going down that like one. that. Yeah. I'm going out blonde. That's okay? right. That's right. <laughs> you got the beat. Yeah, but that's living. How do I dwell? How do I live my life embedded in the love of God that's already there? Thinking of ways to nurture that. How do I live, like my grandma say, resting in the arms of Jesus? You know, how do I live in that love? That There used to be a hymn. It's still in some older hymnals. Oh, love that will not let me go. I rest my weary soul in thee. I give thee back the life I owe that in my life, thine love might be oceans dwelling in me. I mean, that is just, that's how, how do we do that? And that's, and I think cultivating ways of, and this is an extrovert talking. And what I'm about to say may seem very contradictory, but cultivating ways of like the Psalm 46, be still and know that I am God of, of just, of just stopping and being still and be just being in the presence and sometimes praying consciously and sometimes just being here. There was a story of an old slave and I can't remember. I don't remember where I read this. I want to say it was in one of Albert Robito's book called slave religion. There was this old slave who used to drive his master crazy because he'd be out plowing and doing whatever he's supposed to do in the field. And he would just stop in the middle of the day and put down that plow and do nothing. And finally, the overseer, I guess, was the one who kind of confronted him. He said, well, you know, I, I just have to stop. And he said, so what happens? He said, well, I stop and I looks at him. And he looks at me. I looks at him. And he looks at me. That's it, to just be still and know that God is God and rest in arms of Jesus. That's, sometimes that's all it takes. 
You know what I mean? And sometimes that's all that that that's all it takes. And sometimes we experience that with each other, carrying each other, resting in the arms of Jesus through the hands of someone else. Totally. And that's Jen. I just think that's that's a key to keep going because none of us are strong enough to do it on our own. I don't care. And I've, I've been in the, been around the barn long enough now. I'm, I'm here to tell you, none of us are strong enough. Um, I've done had enough death and hardship in my life, not as hard as other folks. I've seen enough to know, like that Broadway show, your arms are too short to box with God. You you, you don't have the strength. None of us are super women. You're not Wonder Woman and I'm not Superman. None of us. We are human. We have our gifts. We have our graces and capacity. But to be still and know that God is God and none of us are. Mm. <laughs> it's also quite liberating. <laughs> it makes me feel so emotional because it's been so noisy you know, lately so loud. And so there's just so much fury and there's religious fury, which is a really hard version of it to be on the receiving end of. And yes, and there's just so much like noise about being right and who's in and who's out and who's holding the gate And who doesn't get to come in? And it's so exhausting and demoralizing. And so I think just to hear you bring it down, really the pillars of Jesus, which are love. That's it. If it isn't that, it isn't Jesus. That's just as simple as it can be. And rest, even you just saying, it's okay to just look at him and he, me, and that counts. And then each other. I mean, I think that's it. I think that's it. I think it's love and I think it's God's presence and I think it's one another. And I don't know how it just got so off the rails, but it feels like it's making me cry so much just to hear you talk about it because you're just bringing it back to center. And that's what it's always, that's this, what you're saying right now is the part for me that has always felt so true. Like, honestly, Bishop Curry, I could just say this to you because, well, I'm in my house and I get to say what I want. Yeah, you get to say what you want. (laughs) I can see why so many people walk away from the whole deal and I understand it and I have compassion. And there've been times where I thought, what even is all this mess, this like spiritual nonsense, this religious nonsense, I should say. Um, But if the thing is, it's what you're saying, the Jesus part, the love part, the community part, the rest and be still part. I just can't not be true for me. It just keeps being true. And so I can't get away from it. So I think I'm just feel tender to hear you call us back to that, that that's not a lesser version of faith. It's not anemic. It's not missing a lot of pieces. Like that's the center spoke of the wheel. Yes, it is. It's the center of it. It's, it's getting to the core. Jen, it, the God who gave us the gift of love has to be love himself. Think about it. There's a reason it hurts not to be loved. There's a reason, but think about it. There's a greater reason. It feels so good to be loved and know just for a moment even that you are loved. There's a reason. Why? Why is that? The case? Because the, the poet, and I can't remember which poet was, the hand that made us is divine. We are the children of God and we were made to love and to be loved, and to give love and to receive it. This is a 
which seems like a silly story, but it, I was like 13 or something like that. And I, I didn't mouth back. In those days, children did not mouth back to their parents. No, sir. You thought it, but you didn't, <laughs> you know, and your facial expression might have intimated uh-huh. what you were thinking. Or you do it once and, and it you better, regret it. And you better believe it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. It, yeah. But I don't know what, I have no idea what we were talking about. And I don't know what, I don't know what I said to him, but whatever it was I said, I wasn't, like I said, I didn't mouth off, but I must've said something that was edgy. And he, I was like 13 and he responded, you know, the Lord didn't put you here just to consume oxygen. (laughs) And, and like I said, at the time I didn't make any, I didn't think anything of it. Oh my gosh. It's amazing. And and I'm not sure he really thought it. Like I said, I don't think this was a philosophical thought. And yet there's some truth in it. I mean, think about, unpack the truth in it. No, the Lord didn't put me here just to consume the oxygen. But I am here in part to consume oxygen. Think about, we are here, we have a biological and an ecological function. We take in oxygen. But notice, we receive oxygen. That's how we get our life. And yet, what do we do? We exhale carbon dioxide, which helps to give the plants their life. They take the carbon dioxide that we have released and they release oxygen, which we need. Does anybody think this is an accident? I mean, it's like the Bible says, the fool that said in his heart, there is no God. No, 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 no. That's not an accident. That's a parable of, we are made to be loved and to love. You see what I'm saying? And part of what what I remember years ago, I had had a a prisoner who was really struggling with some really tough stuff. And- I mean, I didn't have any, I mean, I was just kind of a listening ear, which is, you know, what you do. You kind of listen, you, you know, don't give any false advice. I mean, what are you going to say? I mean, you know, what? And she came to the conclusion, I'll never forget. She said, as long as I'm just living for me and thinking about me, I'm getting depressed and depressed and depressed. I've got to start doing for somebody else. Not, not trying to run away from my problems, but I've got to do for somebody else. And I saw her, that was part of her journey of healing. It wasn't all of it. I know that, but it it was a major step. It was like, it's almost as though I am not incapable of loving. That's right. I can, no matter what, I, I can do it. I have agency. You know what I mean? It was like an affirmation. And like I said, it was over time. I mean, she didn't become Mother Teresa. I'm not going to, I don't want to exaggerate it. But, but, but I did, it was part of, I saw a flower turning toward the sun. You know what I mean? It, it was that. And I just think, I mean, you know, I don't know what my daddy really was thinking when he said that, but I think there is, we were made by the God who the Bible says is love, which means we are meant to be loved and to give love. We are meant to be forgiven (laughs) and to forgive. That's why that's in the Lord's Prayer. (laughs) See, Jesus figured this stuff out. We are meant to be compassionate and to be compassionately done unto. That it's all reciprocal. And that when we live into that, we find our lives. No, we find our soul and others do as well. And there's a reason it feels good to do something for somebody else. And it doesn't feel good to hurt somebody else. I don't care. You know, I mean, you may be, not you, you, but I mean, somebody may be the biggest devil in the world. That doesn't feel good. That's right. Our bodies tell us what's true. Our hearts, our minds, our feelings. You're right. If in doubt, look internally and see the fruit. Where is it? 
it'll yeah. follow the good tree, right? Like yes. it will follow generosity. It will, the fruit will follow compassion. It will follow connectivity. It will follow forgiveness. All those things bear the fruit that Jesus always said they would. And the opposite is true too. Even though for a minute, sometimes it feels good to hang on to self-righteousness. It certainly oh, yeah. feels good sometimes yeah. to hang on to anger or resentment or bitterness, just trying to keep that window open. Cause if I don't keep it open, who will yeah. and pain <laughs> and yet it bears bad fruit that does not deliver it yeah. doesn't so that is free. all i have to look at is the fruit of the tree to know what's really good and true and that's it that's the way that we live when we look at some of the things we're stressed or worried about or fearful of sometimes reframing the experience or looking at it through a different lens can really serve us well now this goes for big and small things but one thing I know can be fear promoting is finances, right? Like how to manage them. How are we making the right decisions? Do we have enough? Will there be enough? It's just a huge drain on our psyche. This is when sometimes the best thing we can do is just take one step at a time to feel more centered and secure in our financial path forward. I cannot recommend Chime enough in this. I started using this award-winning app and debit card on the recommendation of one of my smart finance-minded friends because Chime was founded on the premise that basic banking services should be helpful, easy, and free. And they actually save you money from the get-go because they don't do fees. Uh, like all those pesky, like monthly service fees and transfer fees and overdraft fees, they add up, but obviously not with Chime. Your online checking account doesn't cost money because they have spot me fee-free overdraft. Eligible members can overdraft up to $200 on debit card purchases and cash withdrawals with zero fees. Would you believe that Chime has saved its members more than 10 billion dollars in overdraft fees alone, which is bananas. You deserve to have financial peace of mind. So join the millions of Americans already loving Chime. Sign up takes about two minutes. That's it. And doesn't affect your credit score. So get started today at chime.com slash for the love, C-H-I-M-E.com slash for the love. Banking services provided by and debit card issued by the Bancorp Bank or Stride Bank NA members FDIC. Spot me eligibility requirements apply. Overdraft only applies to debit card purchases and cash withdrawals. Limits start at $20 and may be increased up to $200 by Chime. Chime member overdraft fee savings based on eligible members use of Spot me versus $33 average overdraft fee. Overdraft fee data based on bank rate, checking account survey, and CRL June 2020 overdraft fees report. I want to ask you this question as we're kind of talking about this, Bishop. We're about to steer into 2022. Bananas. Yeah. Phil's bananas. (laughs) I love bananas. Yes. Yes. You have a lot of prophetic gifts and your your way of being in the world is special and you're such so deeply in tune with the Holy spirit. And I just love to hear what you as a global faith leader and also just a Christ follower, what are you most hopeful for in this coming year? How, how are you hoping to see the world change and become a better, more welcoming place for all people? You know, I mean, I think it was Edmund Burke. Who, it's a famous saying, so who knows who said it? But 
who said the only thing necessary for evil to triumph is for good people to do nothing. Do nothing, yeah. The only thing necessary for goodness to triumph is for good people to do something. That's a good way to spin it. I like that so much. Yeah. That's right. Jen, if we can mobilize the goodness, if if we can if we can mobilize the kindness, if we can mobilize the justice, right? It's gotta be all yeah, of it. Right. It's gotta be all of it. If 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 we can mobilize Abe Lincoln's the better angels of our nature. Because they're there. It's there. If we can mobilize that, then we can actually make a constructive, positive difference for love in our lives that can help us live together. I actually believe that. I mean, I, I never thought I would, I never thought I would live to see the day when, I mean, it just never occurred to me that kindness would be under attack. Right. <laughs> I said, same. It's, it's like befuddling. What happened? Wait, what, yeah, where what's did, going on? Yeah, and and I I do understand. I and I and I, I do understand. We've all been through. I mean, I think I do think the pandemic has had impacts on our, all of our psyche. In that, no doubt, know, during the confinement, we were kind of you can't keep human beings locked up and fearful of a virus, which makes us. And we had to be fearful because it was dangerous. Sure, but it's not far to get fearful of a virus and get become fearful of each other. That's true. It's not, you know what I mean? And it, it slips, one slips over to the other. So I, I do understand sort of the anger that's in our culture. And it's not just here in America, it's around the world. Oh, I, absolutely. Like people are acting up like what that, I understand. <laughs> We're acting up. We are acting up and it's amazing. <laughs> and I, I kind of understand that I'm not a psychologist, but I just, I get people and I, you know, I know what's going on in Michael and I know what's going on. There. I mean, there was a sense in which everybody's kind of on edge. I mean, I think yeah. we're moving out of that, but kind of on edge and all that stuff. So I do kind of get, and there have been people who have exploited that. I mean, I, I, I'm not going to be naive about that, but, but there's something in the pandemic experience. I think that's there. And yet, there is this whole school of thought, and I'm not completely conversant on it, that says the consciousness of gratitude, of what you're grateful and thankful for, has the capacity to help your mind begin that if you meditate on that, this is scientific discoveries. The ancients figured this out. It's in the, it's in the Bible, you know, on the, the Psalms of Thanksgiving, which, which are nothing but meditation on what am I thankful about? that that actually does have the capacity to help the brain kind of reframe a little bit and focus more on the positive than on the negative. That's what we have to do. We have to help the brain of our society. And my hope and dream is that we can move from being reframed on what we're afraid of. I mean, we have to pay attention to it. I'm not naive. But, but boy, if you dwell there, it's the darkness it's the dark side and you can't, and if you dwell there, it will indwell in you. That's right. I've, you need I've to learned know that. it's there. Yeah. But you know, don't be naive. Oh yeah. But you dwell on the light. You don't meditate on the darkness. Good. Meditate on the light. And I learned to do center in prayer years ago. Gosh, this is a long time. This is back in the eighties when I was um, at a church in um, Lincoln Heights, Ohio, just outside of Cincinnati. And I went to the centering prayer workshop that was led by a guy named Basil Pennington. 
I didn't know what centering prayer was, but a friend said, you ought to go to this. It's good. And I mean, it's nothing complex. It's the old tradition of, of meditation that's been in Christianity and in Judaism and, and a variety of religions around the world, you know, where you have a centering prayer, but you pick a great, what they were calling it, a grace word. Uh-huh. Whatever, grace whatever word. your oh, grace like word. Isn't that great? Your great, whatever yeah. your grace word is. And you, and you sit down and let that be your centering word that, that calls you back into into the presence of God, and, you know, that's whatever that grace word is. And, and I remember him saying at this workshop that you, you want to dwell on that grace word that leads you into the light, that leads you into the presence of God. Darkness will come. He said, what happens is you'll start thinking about all sorts of stuff. Your problems, still gotta, he said, let the grace word call you back into the conscious presence of God, into the light. And then darkness will come back and let the grace word call you back into the conscious presence of God. That's what we have to do. I think I pray for our culture that we will be called back into the conscious presence of the God who the Bible says is love. It would change everything, wouldn't it? Jen, it would. Everything. 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 Mm -hmm. Everything. And we'd have a happy new year. Wouldn't we? <laughs> yes, oh, we would, sister. It's so lovely. Yes, I love would. it. I want to hang my hat on this vision. I'm joining you in it. I'm with you. Bishop Curry, I wonder if we, as we close this episode out, I wonder if I could ask you to lead us in a prayer of blessing and hope and and justice as we look toward a new year and all the days ahead. Yeah. Sure, Jen. Thank Jen. Thank you for this and all you do for all of us, <laughs> me included, for all of us, my friends. Thank you. Glad to be your sister. You're good. Glad to be your brother. <laughs> sure. Let's let's pray. Gracious and um and loving God, we come before you at the the closing of a year. And at the closing of a, a time that has been a mix of of good and bad, of, of of hope and despair, there have been losses. Dear ones have have died and gone on. Hopes that we had hoped for that didn't get realized. Things that we grieve and mourn. That's been part of the journey then there's been part of the journey that's been some hope, even if it's just a shard of light, just a little bit of light in the midst of darkness. We've been able to hope. And so now an old year closes and a new year knocks. Help us to open ourselves to you. To trust you, like the old hymn says, O God, our help in ages past, our hope for years to come. Help us, Lord, to trust. No, to throw our lives into your arms of love and let you lead us. And let you love us. 
and let you help us be instruments of your love, your justice, your kindness, your goodness, your compassion, your truth, your love. And then help us as a human family, all of us, to have a new year where there is real happiness. This we ask and pray. In the name of the Jesus who taught us that love is your way. Amen. Amen. Lovely. Thank you. Bishop, you're going to make an Episcopalian out of me yet. <laughs> Lord have mercy. You, I mean, you're doing just I'm, fine. You're just dragging me over there, man. <laughs> I'm just dragging you on. You sure are. You're awesome. <laughs> Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you for this. Thank you for today. May every like good, beautiful blessing be yours in 2022. And I'm so grateful for you in this world. Thank you so much for your leadership today. Thank I'm you. always in your corner. Always 100%. And so. I and yours. You keep on. Okay. God Thank love you. you. <laughs> okay. God love you too. Okay. So many blessings to you, community and I hope this episode has served you in some way in even a a fraction of the way it did me. That one got like right inside my heart. I think one of my favorite things I heard him say was right there at the end when Bishop said, essentially, May 2022, just be filled with happiness. (laughs) Is it just hubris to hope for happiness? Well, if it is, I'm all in with Bishop Curry. (laughs) If he says it, then we can count on it. I want to thank you for being with us this year, all the years, really. I think we've learned so much together in 2021, and we've had so many guests serve this community this year with their grace and their intelligence and their expertise and their wit. And I just feel lucky to have hosted them and to be able to bring them to you. So all my love. So from Laura and the whole production team and from Amanda and I, we are so grateful for you and love to serve you. And we have so many ideas and dreams and plans for 2022 for this space so that collectively as community, we can just continue to grow and to stretch and to evolve and to think and in Bishop Curry's words, to find the way of love. I think that's the beginning and the end of the whole story. Okay, everybody, love you so much.